again, and welcome to the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. I am your host, Gene Fleming. Thank you so much for joining me. Your time is precious, and uh, when you listen to this podcast, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting your time. Today, I wanted to talk to you about keeping it simple. And uh, when I talk about keeping it simple, well, bear in mind that I work with mostly a senior population of people in fitness. And uh, and I also talk a lot about being fit at every age and being able to do things that you should be able to do uh, given your present age. If you're 55, I'd like to think that you're able to pretty much do everything you could do when you were 40. But when you're 65, I'm hoping you could do everything you could do when you were 55. And uh, when you're 70, I hope you can do everything you could do when you were 60. So you, you see, it's kind of a sliding scale, but... It's when we get to that point that we can no longer do the things that we could just easily do 10 years ago that we've really got to get serious about our physical health. And when I say physical health, I mean uh, the percentage of our body fat and our level of activity. Uh, As we age, it's more important to keep both our heart and our muscles strong than perhaps anything else. It's equally as important to make sure that we're not carrying an excess of body fat. Oh, nobody likes to hear that word body fat, that term body fat. Uh, It even makes me kind of cringe. But of all the numbers that I could possibly monitor on a regular basis for myself, I am most concerned with my body fat percentile. And and what does that mean, body fat percentile? Well, I'm going to keep it simple for you. It means of my entire physical being, when I get on the scales and weigh, and it says I weigh 185 pounds, uh, it means that about 43% of me is muscle. It means about 6% of me is bone. It means about 50% of me is water at any given time. And in my case, it means about 17 or 18% of me is adipose tissue or fat. Now, you know, if you don't know what a healthy body fat percentage for you is, it's something you can look up, or you can message me, and I'll I'll figure out, based on your height and your weight, um, you know, I can figure out what your approximate body fat is. But there's all kind of devices, even bathroom scales now, that will approximate your body fat percentage. Here's what we know. We know for men to be under 22% is a good idea. And we know for women to be under about 30% is a good idea. It, you know, at those levels, we're considered fairly healthy. And for women that are over 60, to be below 34% is considered a good number. But for men... Unfortunately, it stays at 22%. So, now we don't want our body fat to be too low because having some body fat is not being unhealthy. And sure, right now, I I wish I could lose fat in a few select areas. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and and I've accepted that. I don't need to be below 17 or 18% body fat. I'm healthy as I am. So I need to embrace being healthy and not worry about a few little jelly rolls here and there. 
um, you know, it, at my age, this is this is a, a perfectly fine thing. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time working on it. But when I'm working with individuals, you know, I have found that I can complicate things very quickly. And and when people are just getting started on their path to health, uh, they don't need to be inundated with facts and numbers and and, um, and and all of that. So the simplistic approach is to work with a, a new person and say, okay, what are you eating? And then going through that, we take a three-day food log where I ask the client to record everything they eat and drink for three days. And um, you don't have to put how many calories it had in it or, you know, but just whether you ate a a small, medium, or large portion in your own determination. And uh, then we look at areas that we can change to perhaps healthier foods or healthier choices because it's important that the person who's interested in getting their body fat down is honest with me and honest with themselves. Uh, you know, if your routine is you come home every day and you have supper and then at 8 o'clock you eat a big bowl of ice cream, um, you know, that's just who you are. So we're going to have to find ways to work around that because really when it comes to weight loss, uh, we want to limit the total number of calories you get every day, but we don't want to quit eating. Uh, we want to eliminate the calories that are most often converted to fat, and typically those are sugar and starch calories. So, well, Mr. Gene, what am I going to eat? Well, you know, last night I had brown rice and red beans. That, that was supper. And somebody said, well, didn't you have anything green? Well, not last night I didn't. But I had enough calories, and I had enough protein, and I had enough fiber to be healthy. And, and that's really more important. Well, what did you have for dessert? Well, I didn't have any dessert because I was full from my supper. So, you know, in keeping it simple, and you're listening to this right now, and I, I hope you're thinking, well, how am I going to simplify it? I, I eat like a bird already. Well, I'm going to ask my clients to, first of all, make sure they're getting plenty of protein. Uh, with the senior diet, it is often one of the places that's neglected. And um, and so, you know, of course, I'm going to push um, poultry products, uh, eggs, um, and uh, lean meats, and, and beans. Beans are perfectly fine sources of protein, but your most concentrated sources of protein are meats and poultry and fish. And personally, I eat a lot of fish, and um, and I don't always eat salmon either. I eat cod and and and, and fish like that. Um, so I'm going to ask the person to look at this three-day log, and let them pick out the foods that they believe are are doing them some harm in their weight loss. And most people, they know, they know, they know, they know that you know sitting down watching TV at night and eating a big bag of chips or uh, a whole stack of cookies is a is a is is not a a healthy choice for them if they want to lose weight and if they're trying to stabilize their blood sugar anything that's high in sugar is just a bad choice this week um, I found out that um, McDonald's is going to start selling iced tea by the gallon and now catch this 
as the label on their jug of tea says, a serving of that tea is eight ounces. And this is sweetened tea. And it has 33 grams of sugar in it. Now, you know how big eight ounces is. It's a measuring cup full. Okay, that's, that's not much tea. And for most of us, that wouldn't even be half a glass of tea. So in that, there's the equivalent of over eight level teaspoons of sugar. Wow. And, of, you know, since a lot of my listenership is Southern, you know, if you put a gallon of tea in the refrigerator, you're going to drink from it all day long. And you could easily be getting well over 100 grams of sugar every single day just in what you're drinking. So one of the behaviors we try to shape is going from, <coughs> excuse me, drinking for pleasure to drinking for hydration. But I like sweet tea and I like uh, uh, Coca-Cola and I like Pepsi and I like Mountain Dew. Yeah, but you're getting these empty calories that are going straight to your to your hips. And those are the calories we can most easily eliminate. And, you know, some people are afraid to drink diet beverages or drink tea sweetened with stevia. They, you know, they heard somewhere or read somewhere that artificial sweeteners are bad for you. Well, I can tell you this, uh, artificial sweeteners are not nearly as bad for you as sugar. There. It's just just not as bad. It's never going to be as bad. And um, so so I work with clients and looking at this three days of logging their food, and I let them make the choices of what they think they can change. And, and, and because they know. They know. They know that eating this super stack of mashed potatoes every night is not a perfect choice. And they know that eating, um, you know, uh, a 12-ounce steak is a little on the large side. And they know eating a piece of apple pie with ice cream on top of it after supper is probably something that's adding to the problem. So people are no, and I never treat people as uh, as if they're ignorant because they're not ignorant. They they know. The hard part is saying, okay, the your weight is a problem for you, and your doctor's concerned about it, and he's concerned about your pre-diabetic status. So, what can you do to take better care of yourself? And that's the angle. That's the angle. What can you do to take better care of yourself? And I've heard this. Well, Gene, you just don't know how it is at my house. My family, we eat. We eat, eat, eat. And, well, I'm like, I understand. But there comes a time when Mama says, Okay, kids. Okay, husband. Uh, Mama is serious. And y'all need to back off and leave me alone because... I am working toward losing this weight. And also, every day, I'm going to go for a 30-minute walk. And you are not to call me, text me, interrupt me, intervene, stop, get in my way, or bring some problem to me when I'm getting ready to go for my walk. Uh, the The daily walk is a big thing with me. Uh, I still do it. And, and, and I will... I may not be able to run for the rest of my life, 
But I can guarantee you, as long as I can walk every day, I'm going to go for a brisk walk. Most days, I, I walk 30 minutes to an hour. Sometimes, if I just feel good, I walk for an hour and a half. And right now, if the pollen's not too bad, I'm apt to do that. But this time of taking care of you and this, this shift in your diet, it has, you, know, you have to lay down the law, so to speak, with those that live with you because they don't feel like they have a problem. Their doctor didn't tell them that they're pre-diabetic or they're going to be going on medication if their A1C comes up this high again. They're not the ones that have got to do this now while they can turn this tide around. And so either you have to enlist their support or you have to demand their support. Well, that sounds kind of rude, doesn't it? Demanding support. No, because your life, the quality of your life, how you live out the rest of your life is at stake. It's, you know, I would like to think that in every household, when the wife or husband decides, I've got to do this for my health, that everybody would stand up and applaud, and nobody would bring home big bags of Chinese takeout or fast foods ever again or buckets of chicken or, or tubs of ice cream. Uh, I would like to think that everybody would respect the moment and honor the decision that you make. But I'm going to tell you, it's awfully hard to be the only person in a household who's now living by a set of rules for eating. And those rules are eliminate the starches as much as possible, eliminate the sugars wherever possible, make sure you're not drinking your sugar and your choice of beverages, that you're not drinking uh, uh, coffee beverages that are super sweetened with creamers and, and sugars and syrups. And, you know, it's a lot. It really is a lot. So keep it simple. Keep it simple. Eliminate the sugars. Take the walk. Eliminate the sugars. Take the walk. Can I say that one more time? Oh my goodness, that sounds like church. <laughs> Eliminate the sugars and starches and take the walk. That's keeping it simple. If you do this and you do it religiously, you're not going to magically burn off uh, 25, 30, 40, 50 pounds. But if you continue this lifestyle of change, you're going to get better able to do these walks, and you're going to get better at managing what you put in your mouth. You know, it. Uh, I can honestly say nobody has ever force-fed me ice cream, and uh, nobody has ever shoved an entire pizza uh, in my mouth. I made those decisions all along. Nobody ever made me work through an entire box of Little Debbie snack cakes in... Uh, a day or two. I, I reached in there all by myself and pulled one out, peeled it, and ate it. And sometimes I grabbed two and I'd take one to the living room and eat it while watching TV. And then I'd walk back into the pantry and get another one an hour later. I had bad eating habits and I had to get rid of those easy, non-nutritious foods that were just loaded with calories that got me fat, and then kept me fat. So the message today is keep it simple. Don't complicate it. Don't watch and follow so many people that have so many perfect solutions to weight loss. Eliminate the sugars. 
Eliminate the starches as best you can. Eat whole, healthy foods and get your protein every single day. I've told people uh, at least a couple of dozen times now, if you haven't started walking, you haven't started exercising. It is the most simple, most efficient form of exercise that we can get. And even this morning with my seniors in our fitness class, now these folks are coming three times a week and working out with me 30 minutes, and they do a terrific job. But I tell them, well, if the 30-minute walk is too much for you, take two 15-minute walks. Take one early in the day, take one late in the day. If that's too tough, take three 10-minute walks, but make them good ones. Get out there for 10 minutes and go just as hard as you can. Walk down the street and back. Walk in your yard, circles around your house, around your backyard. Whatever you can do to knock out those minutes because those minutes that you're doing now will add minutes to the end of your life. And that's what this is all about. I don't want to just get old. I want to be old and healthy. I don't want to be old and sitting. I want to be old and on the go. I want to have options when I'm 80, 85, or 90, and I know you do too. Until next time, this is Gene Fleming on the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. And of course, I would fumble the words on the title of the, of the show. Thank you for listening, and may God bless.